Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Check out our new website for all your news, updates, and episodes at NASCARfieldfiller.com. We have one spot left in the field, so let's fill up the last row with our host, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to... The Field Filler Podcast. The first week of the 2021 season is now in the books. And let me just say, the Truck Series race was really good. The Xfinity race was really good. And the Cup Series race was, well, lackluster at best. However, we're still going to go through all of the results as well as the winners from each race. What we learned from each of these races. It's going to be a fun episode, so let's get into it. We'll first start off with the Craftsman Truck Series results at Daytona. Alrighty, so let's look at a few details before we announce the winner. So there was 46 cars that entered into this race, or should I say trucks, and only 36 of them were able to qualify. The 10 that weren't able to make it in was the number 75 of Parker Kligerman, Joe Nemechek in the 8, Todd Peck, Spencer Davis, Dawson Cram, Norn Benning, Jesse Iwuji, Ray Cicerelli, Clay Greenfield, and Tim Vaines. Those were the 10 drivers who couldn't make it in. This race was a 100-lap race, wound up going into overtime, so 101 laps. We had 10 cautions for 43 laps, 31 lead changes amongst 12 different drivers, and the winner of this race and locking themselves into the Craftsman playoffs is the number 99 of Ben Rhodes for Thor Motorsports. Led a total of seven laps. He is your winner of the first race in the Craftsman Truck Series. Finishing second was the number three of Jordan Anderson. Finishing third was the 04 of Corey Roper. Finishing fourth was the number 40 of Ryan Truex. Finishing fifth was the rookie of Carson Husker. I hope I said that name right. Finishing sixth was the number two of Sheldon Creed. Finishing seventh was the number four of John Henry Nemechek. Finishing eighth is the number nine of Cody Robaugh. And then finishing ninth was the number 18 Chandler Smith, also a rookie. And rounding up the top 10 was the number 51 of Drew Dollar. Some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 10, finishing 11th was the number 98 of Grant Enfinger. David Gillen in the number 17 finished 14th. Matt Crafton finished 15th. Austin Hill in the number 16 finishes 22nd. You got Lazard finishing 23rd, stage one winner. Then you had Haley Deegan and Brett Moffitt finishing 24th and 25th. 27th is Johnny Sauter. Todd Gillen in the number 38 finishes 31st in an accident and rounding out the field in the 36th position was the number 44 of James Busher. He wrecked getting the green flag for the first race of the season. So some things that we learned from uh, this weekend was definitely that we got a lot of trucks this year that are going to do whatever they can to run full time. And that is absolutely great to see. I'm hoping that a lot of these trucks can make it through. The one thing I'm worried about is the fact that you know, we're not doing qualifying every single race, so that's a bit of a concern. Another thing is, truck series, it's still a caution fest. Um, 10 cautions for 43 laps, almost half the race was ran under caution. That's something that uh, the truck series is hopefully they can figure that out as the time goes by. It's not going to be something where it's an absolute wreck fest for all these lower teams because, honestly, that kills a truck team, and I do not want to see that. And then lastly... We're starting to already see which drivers are going to look really good in contention to make it into the playoffs. I mean, Ben Rhodes has already locked himself in. Now you got John Hunter Nemechek driving the number four for Kyle Busch Motorsports. He did a really good job in that number four machine. Just wasn't able to get the victory at the end. I mean, you've seen some of the GMS racing cars being able to run really well up front. As well as Nice Motorsports. You also had Kyle Busch Motorsports, like I just said. Thor Sports Racing, Team DGR, David Gill and Racing. There's a lot of teams right now that look really good here 
early in the season. Now, obviously, the mile and a half and the road courses will be um, a lot different than the plate races, obviously, on seeing who would be competitive there. But it's already going to be an exciting year because we have about 16 trucks who look fairly competitive from our point of view. And only 10 can make it into the playoffs. So this is going to be very, very interesting to watch. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch the truck series throughout this entire year because we don't know who's going to be missing it. We don't know who's going to be the absolute best. It's just going to be a lot of fun to watch. So keep an eye on the truck series this year. That's for sure. And then lastly, the last thing I wanted to cover on, look at Jordan Anderson and Corey Roper getting top three finishes at the Daytona race. I thought Corey Roper was going to get the victory. That was so damn cool to see. He was so close. I guess we'll just have to settle with Ben Rhodes. I know a lot of people don't really like Ben Rhodes because... You know, he starts a fight with almost everybody. But then Jordan Anderson, too, in the number three car. He was very close, finishing second. And you know, these guys are extremely grateful. They're super excited when they finish near the top. So hats off to you guys. Great job. Way to show the field fillers what they can do. Now let's move on to the Xfinity series. Again, going to cover a few more details before we get into the top 10. There were a total of five drivers that did not make the race. There was 45 cars that entered into this race, and only 36 were going to make it in. However, since it was rained out, they decided to go back to 2020 points. So here was the teams that were unfortunate enough to miss the race due to points. That was the number 25 of Chris Cockrum, the number 77 of Ronnie Bassett Jr., the number 91 of Mario Gosselin, and then the 03 of Tyler Reddick, someone who's won this race multiple times, did not qualify due to owner points. Tough break there for the 0-3 team. And then the rookie, the number 31 of Jordan Anderson. Yeah, what a shame on there. He did really good in the truck series. I was hoping he was able to repeat his success, but weather had different ideas. So we had 40 cars. We had a total of nine cautions for 42 laps, ran a total of 122 laps. So a little bit of a wreck fest once again, but not nearly as bad as the truck series. There were 16 lead changes amongst 11 different drivers. In the end, it was the 2020 Xfinity champion of the number 22 of Austin Sindrick, able to get the victory by leading 28 laps. He is your winner of the first race of the year in that Verizon 5G number 22, and he's also locked himself in already into the Xfinity playoffs. Finishing second was the 0-2 of Brett Moffitt. Finishing third, we have the number 20 of Harrison Burton. Finishing fourth is the number 10 of Jeb Burton. Finishing fifth is the number 16 of AJ Allmendinger. Finishing sixth, we have the number 68 of Brandon Brown. Very good run for him. Finishing seventh is the number two of Myatt Snyder. Finishing eighth was the number 26 of Brandon Govic. Finishing ninth was the number 18 of Daniel Hemrick and rounding out the top 10, the number 23 of Jason White. Some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 10. Let's first start off with the number 54 car of Ty Dillon. He finishes 14th, so close to winning this race. However, he got a little gutsy there at the end, got into a couple of accidents. Uh, the top finishing rookie was the number 6 of Ryan Vargas. He finishes 18th in this race. You also have the number 4 of Landon Castle. Everyone was rooting for him. He finishes 23rd, unfortunately got into an accident. Then you got the number 98 of Riley Hurst finishing 26. Justin Allgaier in the number 7 finishing 28th. Justin Haley was trying to go for 5 in a row at the plate racetracks. Unfortunately got into an accident. He finishes 29th. Ryan Sieg in the number 39. He won a few stage points. Unfortunately got caught up into an accident as well. He finishes 31st. Noah Grayson in the number 9 finishes 32nd. And then right out the field in the 40th spot was the number 37 
26 of Alex LeBay get into an accident with Cody Rare and Brandon Jones in the number 19 where they finished 38th, 39th, and 40th. And that is your final results here for the Xfinity race. So kind of a little bit of a similar thing that we can um, take away from this race is also the big expansion here in the smaller teams. It is absolutely great to see the Xfinity and the Truck Series starting to get brand new teams coming in because I was looking at the news throughout January and February and seeing all these teams' announcements that they were going full-time, which was really great to see, but also at the same time, it was a little worrisome because with so many cars, a lot of them are going to be missing the races, especially for those fields where they do actually do qualifying and only 36 can make it in. We had 45 cars on the entry list, and then next week, or this week, as a matter of fact, for the Daytona Road Course, we have 44 cars entered into the race. So... It, it's definitely going to be one of those things where I feel really bad for those guys who just missed the race because that more than likely they're going to miss the race once again for the road course, and that's going to really suck for the 0-3 team who has Andy Lally in the car. Let's hope that that does not happen. But this is really cool to see the expansions from these smaller teams. And then as far as the playoffs go, it's a little early to tell here. I know we do have quite a few competitive cars that could make it in. I don't know if we're going to have any surprise ones at this time that are really jumping out to me. We'll just have to wait and see. But overall, another really good race here for Daytona. We are two for two now. And I mean, you can also include the dual races as well as the clash. All those races have been really good. One last thing I want to add on, Tony Stewart and Clint Boyer together up in the announcer's booth is so damn great. I hope Tony Stewart comes back more for some more races to announce because he is absolutely hilarious. I've always wanted to see him up in the announcer's booth with someone as funny like Clint Boyer. We got to see it. That was very entertaining. I love it when the announcers have a good old time. Now let's move on to the final race, the biggest one of them all, the 2021 Daytona 500 at Daytona International Speedway. All right, so this was the race everyone was excited for. I was very excited for it. I know a lot of you guys were excited for it. I mean, it's the Daytona 500. Who wouldn't be going nuts for this race? Everyone was thinking on how hyped it was going to be because of all the other races. And the final result was very, very lackluster of a race and multiple things played into it but let's look at a few details here real quick four drivers did not qualify we already talked about them earlier in the week that was Ty Dillon Garrett Smithley Timmy Hill and Noah Gregston there were seven cautions for about 40 laps 22 lead changes amongst 13 different drivers it was a crazy last lap don't get me wrong like there was a lot of action throughout that entire lap but a race can't be saved on just the final lap but the winner is kind of a feel-good story because the guy who won the race he only led one lap in the race and it was the most important one and that is the number 34 of Michael McDowell for Front Row Motorsports getting his first ever victory in the cup series at the biggest race of them all and the last time this happened was back in 2011 with Trevor Bain in the number 21 and then before that in 2001 it was the number 15 of Michael Waltrip. It seems like every single 10 years we have a surprise winner getting their first ever victory and it's always a really feel good story. I like seeing Michael McDowell get the victory. Congratulations to him. Well deserve it. The number 34 car is first at the Daytona 500. Finishing second is the number 9 of Chase Elliott. Finishing third is the number 3 of Austin Dillon. Finishing fourth is 
is the number four of Kevin Harvick. Finishing fifth is the number 11 of Denny Hamlin, both stage one and stage two winner. Finishing sixth, the highest finishing open charter car, the number 37 of Ryan Priest. Finishing seventh is the number 42 of Ross Chastain. Finishing eighth is the number 77 of Jamie McMurray. Good run for him. Finishing ninth is the number seven of Corey LaJoy. Finishing tenth is the number five of Kyle Larson. Finishing eleventh is the number 41 of Cole Custer. Finishing twelfth, we have the number 12 of Joey Logano. Thirteenth is number two of Brad Keselowski. Fourteenth is number 18 of Kyle Busch. Finishing fifteenth, yesterday's winner, or should I say Saturday night's winner, the number 33 of Austin Sinrick. Finishing fifteenth. Finishing sixteenth is number 20 of Christopher Bell. Seventeenth is number 23 of Bubba Wallace. Finishing 18th is the number 47 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. 19th, one of the top running rookies and actually the highest finishing rookie was the number 14 of Chase Briscoe. Round up the top 20 was the number 53 of Joey Gase. Some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 20 was Martin Trex Jr. and William Byron finishing 25th and 26th. Gone to an accident in lap number 15. They were just logging in laps to finish in front of everyone. Tyler Reddick in the number 8 finishes 27th in a car that looked like a wheeling modified by the end of the race. And he ran the whole entire race. I thought he was only going to run like one or two laps and call the night. But he kept going and it was so damn impressive to see that number 8 car. Good job by them to be able to get that repaired. Ryan Blaney, Chris Buescher finishing 30th and 31st. Getting caught up in that early accident around lap 14. Alex Bowman in the number 48. He also gets caught up as well. He was the pole sitter. He finishes 35th. And one of the dual winners, the number 10 of Eric Amarola, finishes 34th. And then the man that everyone was making fun of, uh, the number 15 of Derek Cope. He finishes 40th after he wrecks out on lap number 3 do a flat tire. It almost seemed like Dale Earnhardt kind of put that curse on Derek Cope in his final Daytona 500 for him to get a flat tire on number three the same way he got his victory back in 1990. So that is your final results here. Now there's quite a few things to take away from this race. And I'll first start off with the biggest one that everyone's been talking about and that is should NASCAR move the events to noon rather than having it at 2.30 or 3. I know the argument. Everyone's been arguing about that. They hate that they have to stay up super late for a race because of rain. In this case, it wouldn't have worked out too well because my guess is if we did start at 12, yeah, the rain was still going to come regardless. And this race wouldn't have not been done, but it would have more than likely been halfway done at this point. And so we would have had kind of a 2003 incident where they just barely ran halfway. Michael Waltrip gets the win out of the rain shortened race. And I bet you more people would have been pissed off with that result. But I understand why people wanted a little earlier so they have more opportunity to get the race back going. I just don't think that starting at noon is going to all of a sudden change everything. The weather doesn't say, oh, we're going to start at 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock. That's not how it works. Weather is unpredictable. And another thing is the reason why they have it at this time is because it is one of the prime times in television. You want to make sure you have the prime time slot for your biggest race of the year. I know that Indianapolis 500, they do it differently. I know other races start a lot earlier. We are not like other races. NASCAR is its own setup. And believe it or not, Bill France used to make it this late because they wanted to make sure that everyone was able to go to church before the race got started. That is one thing that a lot of people forget. And I know tradition sometimes is not always right, but I understand why we have it set up like this. Do I think changing it all to noon would be beneficial? Yeah, maybe. Is it going to change everything? No. That would just be silly to believe. So that is the biggest one. The second one is the freight train throughout the entire race. Everyone's saying it's one of the most boring races since 2013, and we all remember how that how boring that race was. 
I got to agree. You know, we had everyone wrecked super early, and that was very, very dumb on those guys' part to be wrecking that soon. And we all know who it was. It was Christopher Bell. You ain't getting away from this one. We do remember who caused that accident. We saw it 50 times in five and a half hours of us rating on the red flag. We knew it was you, buddy. And it all of a sudden resorted with everyone going down a freight train path. And the thing that's horrible about it is that nobody was passing at all between three to go and 10 to go, where everyone thinks it's always action-packed, which it should be. It wasn't at all. And this is a big problem with plate racing that a lot of people have with some of these packages, is when it goes on a freight train for about 495 miles, and in the last five miles, it's crazy. Why even show the entire race? Why even make it that long? Make it almost a 100-mile race. And that's what we do not want to do. I do, I'm do. i not condoning to shorten these races. I think having the Daytona 500 stay as 500 is a great thing. However, we got to have more action in these races to bring more people in. This is the most watched NASCAR event throughout the entire year. If it's a snooze fest, the rest of the year is almost lost. So... I hopefully with the new package, it's something different. There's no reason to try to fix this one now because they're getting ready to get rid of it. This is the last year with the Gen 6 car. I just hope that we can stay away from not only just freight trains where everyone's just trying to finish the race and also Wreckfest. We don't need Wreckfest because then we get the 2020 clash or we get the 2018 race where everyone just wrecks. I don't want to see that. I want to see a good action-packed race where it's two to three wide for most of the race. Drivers aren't afraid and they can keep running at those speeds throughout the entire time and put on a good show for us. That's what I'm hoping for. And it's not just NASCAR that needs to make the changes for all the cars and all the way they race. It's also going to be the drivers as well. The drivers have to be a lot more smarter when racing around in um, these drafts because we've seen that everyone is now making more daring moves and they're so impatient and it causes a lot of wrecks. And honestly, it feels like some of these drivers understand that everyone's going to be safe. So they're just like, oh, I'm just going to pile on through and just hope for the best. We've seen it happen in almost every single race the last five or six races. And it kind of needs to stop. It kind of needs to be laid on the drivers like, hey, if you race too aggressively and you cause a massive pileup, you will be penalized. And I think it should be like that. We shouldn't see cars constantly wrecking left and right because then you're going to get the same result as always. You're going to get 11 cars left on the lead lap and no one wants to see that i mean the only time we should ever see 11 cars is a short track race that's about it it shouldn't be a plate race but i'm not going to take this away from michael mcdowell michael mcdowell drove his heart out he did a really good run throughout the entire race congratulations to him and it's been 358 starts till he got his first win the only person that took that long was michael waltrip so really a feel-good story even joey logano said it i'm glad that if i didn't win it was michael mcdowell because because Michael McDowell is an amazing guy and definitely well-deserved on getting the victory. Congratulations to him. Enjoy that Daytona 500. And guess what, buddy? You are now in the playoffs. The last time the number 34 car was in the playoffs was a rain-shortened race at Pocono with Chris Busher. It seems like this team always sneaks their way through it. Congratulations to them. Welcome to the playoffs for 2021. Now, before I move on to the uh, fantasy picks, there is a couple more things I want to talk about. First... I hope the splitter for the next-gen car doesn't fall apart nearly as easily as the Gen 6 car. Because every time we see a car go into the grass, we're just waiting for that car just to fall apart. Ryan Blaney, he spins out on the infield, looks like he doesn't get much damage, and then all of a sudden the grass just picks up out of nowhere and destroys the front of his car. I mean, 
what's the fun in that? Who wants to see a car that avoids the wall like, yes, they can still race, and then touches the grass, and then it's like, oh, maybe they should have just hit the wall instead. I mean, it's just like you're, you're just watching your driver. You're just like, yes, yes, go down to the inside. Oh, no, no, don't touch the grass. Oh, shit, there goes the front end of the car. Oh, it's over. Bummer. I, I don't want to see that any much longer. I want to see these cars go down to the grass. Maybe a little damage won't be the worst thing in the world, but I don't want to see their car get completely totaled because they touched the grass. And another thing, I hate the five-minute clock so much. We saw it with William Byron in the number 24 car. They said, we don't want cars that are actually more damaged that shouldn't be out there that are just trying to log in last because they may cause more problems. Well, yeah, also the five o'clock was a problem because they did a quick fix on a car to reach speed, and then all of a sudden debris flew out everywhere and it caused an accident with multiple drivers, including Chase Briscoe and Quinn Hoff in the double zero car. Way to think on that one, NASCAR. I think it should be like 10 or 15 minutes. If we're going to do this crash clock, make it a bit longer. Don't make it five minutes because honestly, what what, what really can you do in that short time span? Uh, maybe beat out the fender a little bit. That's about it. I mean, I still don't know how Tyler Reddick's team was able to do that much damage repair in that short amount of time. I mean, they literally took almost everything off of that car, but... It still shouldn't be like that. I still feel like it should be a little bit longer or just not be there at all. I know why they do it. We've had a few incidences where we had a car go off the racetrack, then come back on and cause an accident with one of the leaders or cause debris. I think I remember Timmy Hill in the number 98 car where the car was just falling apart at the seams and then just dropped something off on the back straightaway. And that's where NASCAR was just really pissy and they were like, that's it. Five minute clock. Screw you, Timmy Hill. Don't ever do that again. That's kind of where I feel like that came from. And then lastly, NASCAR, if you see debris, throw the damn caution. You've never been afraid to do it in the past. Why are you scared to do it now? You literally could have saved two cars from wrecking, but nope, you decided, oh, it's on the inside. It will be fine. You jackasses. Never have I seen them ever shy away from a debris caution until now, and that's what happens. Whatever. Moving on. Let's look at the fantasy points, and let's see how we did in our fantasy picks. You know, now I'm looking at my fancy picks. I'm now thinking to myself, do we really want to go over this? I mean, we might as well. So our top picks were Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman. Hopefully you picked Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, and Chase Elliott because they really did show up for you on your fantasy points. You never want to go with all the top picks because of this exact reason right here. There's more than likely at least one or two of them are going to get caused in an accident. That's what happened with Ryan Blaney and Alex Bowman. The Dark Horses... I mean, none of them really showed up. Ricky Stenhouse did the best, finishing 18th with 19 points, but he wasn't really a factor, and we're going to have to take this into consideration now. He's not as good of a plate racer as he was back then, so maybe going into the future, he might be more of a take-a-chance guy than he is a safe pick from looking on here out. And then for the take-a-chance guys, Matt Bandetto didn't show up getting into an accident, but Bubba Wallace and Corey LaJoy actually did really good as a six-pick person. Bubba Wallace was there near the front during the entire race, and then he had that loose wheel. A lot of people were upset by that. He finishes 17th with 23 points. And then Corey LaJoy, again, he does this every single race. He keeps his car clean. And then at the very end, he's right there to get you a top 10, scoring 28 points. I don't know why I traded him out. I felt like Bubba Wallace was going to be a safer pick to go with. But I said in the earlier episode that I would put him on my list and I should have stuck with my gut. Oh, well, it is what it is. And Kevin Harvick, I mean, he did score 40-plus points. I was actually kind of shocked on that one because he usually doesn't do that good in these races. But trust me, 
If you did not pick him, you're okay. There's plenty of other races where he's going to really impress you. Just because he scored 42 points here does not mean he's not going to do that again in any other racetrack. Trust me, he will. Kyle Busch and Martin Trex Jr. again getting caught up in accidents. Kyle Busch ran really good in this race and was just not there at the end. Got caught up in that last incident. Scores only 25 points. Trust me, Kyle Busch is going to score a lot higher than that in the coming races for sure. As well as Martin Trex Jr. Martin Trex Jr. is great on the road courses. You can save him for one of those races. And then our winner in our fantasy league was none other than Crazy Corrado, one of our observers. He was able to beat us as well as the fans. He scores the most points with 192 points. Congratulations. Congratulations to Crazy Corrado. He did a really good job. If you do want to compete in our fantasy league, I will leave a link down in the description of this podcast episode. If you are the highest finisher, I will do a shout out to you on the next episode. It's a lot of fun, guys, so make sure to join it. It is called NASCAR Field Fillers, just like the podcast itself. And speaking of fantasy picks, we will be announcing our top fantasy picks for the Daytona Road Course later this week, so make sure to keep an eye on that because we feel like our picks are going to be a lot better than they were here at the Daytona 500. Let's just hope so because we usually don't see a lot of crazy wrecks happen at the road courses, but we do see it at the plate races. So make sure to tune in that. That's going to be done either Thursday or Friday of this week. That will just about wrap up today's episode. Before we go, let's do some quick awards that we're going to do for every single week. We're first going to start off with our favorite award. It's going to be the Top Bum Award. Who's going to be the first winner of that? Well, I think it's obvious for you guys. It is Derek Cope for Rick Rare Racing. Cope during speed weeks turned heads for all the wrong reasons. He didn't qualify, resulting in a 44th run time. He finished four laps down in duel number two, and everyone almost pile-drived him on the final lap, so everyone's making memes about that. And then he wrecked out of the Daytona 500 on lap three and finished last in the race. He's definitely worthy of the first bum award of 2021. Good job, Derek Cope. <laughs> And then the Fantasy Driver Award, it's obviously going to go to Denny Hamlin. Did a great job at Daytona, scored 52 fantasy points. It's fair to say that he's going to be up here a couple times for this award. The Paint Scheme Award, without a doubt, is going to be going to the number 43 of Eric Jones in that Armor All car. Beautiful orange car. Really shined out there on the racetrack. That was a really nice car. He is well deserving of the first award of the season. Honorable mentions going to Kevin Harvick and Alex Bowman. They both have really nice cars as well. Yay! And then the top field filler award. That is going to go to Corey Roper in the 0-4 car. Corey Roper's best finish before Friday night was a ninth place finish at Texas Motor Speedway a couple years ago. He obliterated that this weekend with a top three photo finish between him, Rhodes, and Anderson. Good start for Roper's first ever full-time season attempt. The 0-4 car coming in on a top three finish showing off his field filler skills. Ah, yes, some well-deserved winners of those awards. Make sure to check that out on NASCARFieldFiller.com. It will be under Podcast Awards. We're going to be updating this weekly. New thing that we're going to do on top of the news, the fancy picks, and doing two episodes a week. So that will conclude today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast.